0: Good morning. Ooh, that sounds nice and live. It's good to see you all here. I got a, I got a text this morning uh, from the majors who, um, Major Phil and Major Debbie, those are senior pastors. They are in uh, Israel right now, and they texted me this morning right before we were about to pray. So they're on the other side of the world, and they must have set a timer or something to text to say, we're praying for you this morning. So it was really nice to, to get that this, this text this morning. They, they did have the opportunity. I don't know if those of you got Major's email they, they went and took those prayer requests. There were hundreds from this uh, church, and they prayed over those on the, on the long flights over there to Israel, and they got a chance to stick them into the wailing wall. Don't really know what that's about, but they got to pray for each of those requests, and uh, it was excellent. So that was, that was kind of a kind of cool thing for them to be able to do. So we're going we're gonna to continue through the Lord's Prayer. Uh, last week, Yvonne preached, and uh, she mentioned that we were going to do the verses out of order. Because uh, I had asked, I, I was doing this one on forgiveness, and I wanted the opportunity to interview uh, Lee, who will come up later and give his testimony. Um, but he was uh, off the island last week, so that's why we did the Lord's Prayer out of order. But as we know, the Lord's Prayer is not a say this every time you pray, but follow this formula as you pray. Pray these types of things. And so it's okay to have forgiveness come after, you know, forgive us our debts, or mean or give us today our daily bread. All right, so we're going we're gonna to go through... Um, We've, we've been reading the Lord's Prayer every time we've uh, been gathering together. We're going to read Matthew uh, 6 today all the way through verse 14 and 15 because these two verses right after the Lord's Prayer, directly about forgiveness, uh, we're going to tag them on. We normally stop right there. In fact, my whole life, I didn't even realize these verses follow the Lord's Prayer. I was even studying these and I was telling Bram, it wasn't until I like, looked at the chapter I was in before I was like, whoa, these directly follow the Lord's Prayer and we never say them. So we're going to read this together. Uh, nice and loud, say it with me. This then is how you should pray Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Excellent. I'm actually going to just start by telling you what the whole purpose of this sermon is about. So we're going to see it right here. It says, uh, God wants and expects you and me to forgive everyone for everything all the time or every time. Right? So no gray. I didn't leave any room in there. The Bible isn't like, oh, but in this, and the, and the, No. Just everyone, everything, every time. I'm going to say it again. God wants and expects you and me to forgive everyone for everything, every time. Uh, just so that we don't miss the whole point of this, like get to the end and we didn't pick up on that. That's what the whole thing is about. So... Um, as I was studying this passage, I grew up in the church, and my parents are pastors, and forgiveness was taught to me at like two. You know, like if, if my sister did something to me, I was supposed to forgive her, right? And if, if I did something to her, I was supposed to ask for forgiveness. It was just kind of taught that way, and I grew up, and it was very, uh, just service level. But even in studying this, um, I learned uh, just new stuff, which I'm excited. And God has been using this whole topic of forgiveness in my life in the last couple weeks to um, just, well, there's very specific things that I've had to ask for forgiveness just in this last week and uh, extend forgiveness to people. So it's been a really good journey. And we all know that we live in a a world full of sin, yes? In this room, we're all trying our best to follow Jesus Christ. We want to be disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. But we still have sin. We are new creations, but there's this sin nagging at us, always trying to pull us back to how we used to be, and Satan is trying to tempt us, and we learned that last week. So the opportunities to forgive, given a whole bunch of sinners, fallen people, is huge, right? Pretty much the only constant thing with forgiveness is our need to always forgive. So I put that up here, the need to forgive is constant, constant. Like, I I may just have been hyper-aware because I was preparing the sermon for the last couple weeks, but... uh, Whoa, every little instance I have to forgive and need to forgive. And whether you've been asked to be forgiven or not, like, or asked, or someone is apologizing to you or not, we have to extend this. Um, and it doesn't matter who you are. I just put some relationships up here on the screen. Um, so whether you're a husband or a wife, like, there's, there's a relationship that needs forgiveness all the time. Siblings, parents, co- is this me? It's probably none of you, right? You're not making that noise. Okay. Uh, parents, coworkers. Friends, neighbors, grandparents, church members, oh my goodness, in this room, forgiveness is vital, right? There's just, we're, we're, we're living as the body of Christ together, and we need to have that type of love for each other all the time. And then I put random strangers, because, you know, we could drive, okay, it's driving me nuts. I'm, I think I'm breathing into the mic, which is weird. We could be driving away from this church service, right, on the road, and need to extend forgiveness to someone, you know? There's Aloha spirit, and then there's sometimes not Aloha spirit. And then there's sometimes uh, something crazy followed by an aloha sign, which makes it all okay. But you may need to forgive a random stranger uh, today. So I just, I just think if, if you're represented by any of these groups, you know, which should be all people sucking wind in here, then you're going to need to forgive in the near future, yeah? It's just it's going to be a way of, our, it's just a way of life. We've got to do this. However, what we need to remember and what you all are aware of, the, the hurt and the pain and how deep that goes and how many years are represented, like that, all of that means something. And we're going to look at that in, in, a, in a minute. Like we want to recognize that there's some tension here and God's command to forgive and our ability to extend forgiveness like he wants us to all the time, everybody, for everything right? That, that is a, that's a tall order. So just, I want to recognize that right now, and as we move through scripture, hopefully we'll see how that, that pans out, and how we can actually extend that kind of forgiveness and live that way. So we're going we're gonna to look at what the Bible has to say. Jesus, in this passage, Matthew 18, 21 through 35, is teaching about kingdom living. Now remember, when he came to set up the kingdom, there were, there were things in our life that are going to have to be different, from the worldly way we've been living. Jesus came to set out a new paradigm, a new perspective. So I'm going to read this story and just point out a few things, and then there are two, two takeaways from this, this parable uh, before I have Lee come up and we're going we're to do his testimony. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Or some translations say 70 times seven, which would be a ridiculous number like 490. So Peter immediately goes, 490? 490 times? Who's, how do I keep track of that? What's that about? That is the whole point. Jesus says there is no upper limit. You are to forgive, and then they do it again, and you forgive. And then something else happens, and you forgive and forgive. Everyone for everything, every time, right? It's interesting, he says... Peter says seven, and, and when you first read the Bible, I was just like, well, did you just pick that number out of random, like seven, how about seven, you know, but actually the rabbis were all teaching during Jesus' time, there was a kind of general consensus among rabbis, those were the teachers of the law, those are the ones that handled the scripture, and they had come together and said that the number of times that you needed to forgive somebody was three, so someone could come and sin against you, and you would forgive them, and they would forgive, you would forgive them, and you would forgive them, and on the fourth time, there was no forgiveness, you didn't, you didn't need to extend forgiveness anymore, So the the going rate, right, was three. You know, the fourth was, and you were done. So Peter's being really generous. He's like, hey, Jesus, I realize you're coming and shaking up paradigms and ways of thinking about things. So how about seven? Is seven, okay. You know, I think he was looking for Jesus to go, wow, seven. You know, everyone else only does three, you know. And he's like, no, 490. And what I actually mean is, why are you counting, right? In my kingdom, by my rules, we're going to forgive everyone for everything, every time. So um, let's keep going. Let's look at the story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, so remember, it's this whole parable is about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Now, when you see 10,000 bags of gold, if you, were, if you were hearing this story for the first time with Jesus, you would think, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. In today's dollars, if we were just to translate, I read, uh, I, I read in this commentary that this is nearing a billion dollars with today's rate and um, metal exchange rates, whatever. That's, that's in today's dollars after inflation or whatever, a billion dollars. So we should see hopelessness. It's a ridiculous number of crazy, right? And the solution he gives here. The master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. We need, we need to see in that just ridiculous impossibleness. The going rate of a slave, even if he had, you know, 27 children, would not even pay for like a bag of silver. I mean, it was just ridiculously small. And then the idea was that they would work their entire lives, him and all of his family, to repay the debt. Nobody here listening to Jesus is going, oh yeah, they'll figure it out. It'll take them like 27 years. There's, there's absolute desperation in this. This is hopeless situation. okay. And this is what I just want us to take away from this. In the presence of an infinitely holy God, our sin is an impossible barrier. Jesus is setting up a picture of our sin before an infinitely holy God. There's a massive problem with us as sinful creatures and the God that we serve. Okay? This is going to be huge. When we are in the presence of God, who is holy, completely set apart and other from sin, we can only do one thing, and that is fall on our knees before him and beg him to forgive us. That is, that is the whole picture of what it means to follow Christ. It's a humbleness, like God's majesty and holiness cause us in awe to fall on our face. In fact, in the Bible, almost every time someone came into contact with even a hint of God's glory, like the backside of a little bit of glory or, or an angel came, they would hit the ground, as if dead, often. Right? So that, that's what we see here. And, this is, and what do we see? At this, at this when he says, you're gonna, you're gonna, I'm going to sell your, you and your wife and children to pay me back. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, and he grabbed him and began to choke him me, pay me, pay back what you owe me, he demanded. Now, it's, I'm just going to stop right there. This isn't an insignificant amount. A hundred silver coins is not small, right? How many of you thought that was a small amount right now when I just said it? Like in, in relation to what, I, what we just talked about, 10,000 bags of gold, right? It just seems small. He just well, He's choking a guy for that. But it is actually a hundred days wages. So, you know, he, the man was justified. That's a lot of money this guy owes him, right? It's only ridiculous in the context of the story. If we had started right here and said, this guy owed this man money, maybe without the choking, but he's demanding payment, right? That's, that's, we would all be like, yeah, I mean, you owe him the money, pay him the money, right? It's 100 bags. That's 100 days worth of labor, okay? But there's a reason it sits right here in this story because these people are going, that is ridiculous. This man was just forgiven 10,000 bags of gold and he's going out and he is demanding 100, bags of sil- or, uh, 100 silver coins, not even bags, just silver coins, it's, it's insignificant. This is the perspective that we need to have on all of these things that we need to forgive for. These relationships that are, that are messed up and that, that have hurt and pain and anger and whatever with, we need, to, we need to step back out of the details and crazy about what happened and you know, who said what and what was the things that they did. I mean, these are all real things. I'm not saying ignore, I'm just step back. Spend time alone with God and get a perspective from God that says, but I want you to see how much I forgave you. If you can see that person and that situation in light of what I did while you were still sinners, right? Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In the middle of that rebellion against him, he, he paid the price for us. It's with that perspective now that I move back into my marriage and I see my wife and I love her and I forgive her. It's, it's because I'm coming from a place of forgiveness with God. Yeah? So that's, that's this perspective he's setting up here. It's a perspective of the the debt he had just got canceled that we immediately see the discrepancy. We must see our situations from God's perspective. Let's keep going. His fellow servant, right? When what can he do? He only owes 100 silver coins. Same reaction. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened then the master called the servant in you wicked servant he said i canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as i had on you in anger his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed now i would like the story to end right there because this king it's a parable right that king wasn't a real king that servant was a real servant but listen to this next this next sentence This is how my heavenly father, remember Jesus is talking. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Whoa, whoa. So my main takeaway, again, God wants and expects you and me to forgive everyone for everything, every time, right? We've been over that. But there's two reasons the Bible is giving. And the first one I was taught at two, and it's this. We have a positive motivation. We must forgive because God forgave us. That's the one, this is definitely the backdrop of the story. We see that, right? This is the motivation for why we need to, we need to forgive everyone. It's because we've already been forgiven everything. That's why we, we, we go and do this. But this is what was new to me, and I just picked up on this, like it's, it's implications in my life. Number two, the Bible says that we will have earthly consequences if we do not forgive. Like, forgiveness or not extending forgiveness, I should say, is sin for me. And I, I don't know why I thought, like if, if Bruce was to do something to me, I mean, like you sinned against me. I did nothing. You, ah, mm, you know, choke you out, whatever. You know, and it's all him. He's the one who did it to me. But when I don't turn around and immediately, I don't need him to ask for forgiveness. When I don't immediately forgive him, we both have sin. His sin is against me, right? And it was, uh, but now I have sin in my heart because of my unforgiveness. Now, a lot of you are like, yeah, okay, good job, Matthew. I'm glad you learned that because everyone already knows that. Uh, so it just like the, the, the importance of forgiveness is totally hit me this last couple of weeks. So I'm sharing that with you now. Um, this is the verse I want to share. We, we, we may or may not be well aware of what sin does in our relationship with Jesus Christ, even as disciples of Christ. Sin is a barrier that needs to be removed. The Bible is full of verses that talk about the effect of sin on your prayers. The effectiveness of your prayers is hindered or is, is somehow damaged uh, by, by unconfessed, unrepentant sin in our life. Look at this, Psalm sixty six eighteen. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. I put some other verses up here, Mark 11, 24, 25. That's Jesus is telling a story about this fig tree, but his two main points of that is that you need to have faith and you need to forgive others for your prayers to be effective. You need to have faith that it's going to happen. You believe that Jesus is going to do what he says he's going to do and you have to forgive others. So he has this little, they're almost disconnected in the story about the fig tree. So I put them up there just so you can look it up. And then 1 John 1, 6, you might jot that one down too. But this is just the idea that, that sin in our life has negative earthly consequences. We're not talking about salvation here, right? I, I'm still, I can still be a follower of Jesus Christ. What we're talking about here is a broken closeness and fellowship with God because I am cherishing or holding on to sin. That cherishes to, to have sin in my heart that I'm not dealing with. I am not acknowledging before God the weight of that sin. Does that make sense? Psalm sixty-six, eighteen: If we cherish sin in our heart, the Lord will not listen to our prayers. So a couple weeks ago, I'm actually going to invite Lee up because Lee gave a testimony to our worship team uh, a couple weeks ago when I was working on this and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have you tell that story uh, right now. So I'm very excited to have Lee come up. Lee is part of our our worship team. He plays these accessories here. And um, I'm going to have Kim uh, stand up. Kim is Lee's wife. And I just want to introduce Kim. I mean, you you all recognize her. She was just up here she has agreed to become the leader of our worship team, which is huge, praise the Lord. I don't know if you know how big of a deal that is. So uh, in, the, you know, in the past year, oh, thank you, uh, that I have been leading the worship team, uh, Kim and Lee have been here almost that entire time, and they've been a huge blessing. I have leaned on them heavily to be the spiritual um, like guide and leader to the team, and they've helped us, you know, just as a team, be a team, and then to hold that main thing, we worship God first with our own and on our own in our life before we come up and try to lead the congregation in worship. So that's been, they've been spearheading that, so I'm super excited to have her leading the team. I'll still be around playing the piano and stuff, and I'm very thankful for Braden too, who can jump in like that. Um, But yeah, super exciting to have Kim. So uh, yeah, I'm just gonna, we're just gonna have a conversation, like an interview-style testimony right now. Um, so just before, uh, a couple weeks ago when you were sharing your testimony, can you just give like a background to, um, the issue that you had with forgiveness, kind of set that up for us?
1: Um, uh, it was around, uh, like actually more than 20 years ago. Um, at that time, she's my ex-wife now, but, uh, I had a situation. I was, uh, traveling a lot with my work. I'd be gone about two to three weeks out of the month And um, I would try to follow up and make phone calls. So I was calling her at at work, which was at church, and uh, couldn't reach her, and couldn't reach her on her cell phone, which is a little strange. But uh, when I got home, I sensed there was something going on. So uh, she informed me that she had lost her her job at church. And uh, with questioning, then she finally shared that she had been unfaithful, actually had been um, someone that was on the staff at church. So um, it was just... Purely devastating, um, I mean, within the next couple of weeks, I, I had lost twenty pounds, and I was devastated
0: so what was the big struggle the main struggle with forgiveness in that?
1: The challenge I had with that is um, you know, as a child, to say another friend steals a toy, and then they come to you and say here 's your toy back i 'm sorry, but in this case, um, it was so devastating i hadn 't faced something that major before. And the fact um, I didn't see where she was really sorry, uh, at least at the level I need to see her remorse. And um, I was, of course, just messed up. And then she was like, "Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I just didn't. I was struggling because I didn't feel like I needed to forgive her." Okay.
0: So, in that, that was years.
1: Yes. So, so what happened is. Um, and you would think, well, you know, so what? You had this struggle for like seven days or you know seven weeks? No, it was seven months. No, I, I, this went on for seven years. So um, I'd sleep maybe two or three hours a night. I dreamt about it. It was on my mind every day at work, and it just encompassed my whole my whole livelihood. It was devastating. So what changed? So with that, I I realized that what I was doing wasn't working. I I needed to get some help. So our church at that time had a program called um, Divorce Care, and uh, they would cover topics during this. It was a 14-week session, and topics like loneliness or financial peace, and one was forgiveness. So in the class, they talked about forgiveness and saying it was a decision, I was always thinking for me forgiveness was a feeling, that I needed to feel like the person was sorry. I needed to feel that I could forgive them. It was a decision. So then they had a kind of a homework assignment for each of us, is go to the individual, the person that has harmed you, and just say three words, I forgive you. So I remember saying to them, well, I've I've done this. I mean, I guess when I did the I forgive you, I would say I forgive you for blah, 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 all these things. And then walked away. So so I did that. I just said, I, I forgive you. What
2: happened?
1: So to um, be honest with you, right at that moment, nothing. It didn't feel any different than in, in, in the past. So um, I was sitting in a chair. Um, and actually it actually ended up being about a week to that day. I just read my Bible and was just praying about what's going to happen with this. And literally felt like a 100-pound weight was lifted off my shoulders, and I felt a return of joy and peace, and not really understanding, you know, what was happening at the time. I just felt different. I felt a weight was lifted.
0: What was the effect with your relationship with your wife after that?
1: So the, the, the realization is, um, soon after that, I'd gotten a call from my wife. You know, we would still be conversing because we get two boys, you know, and concerns about what's happening with the children. And... Um, It was the first time when we talked that I didn't feel that I was negative towards her. Uh, I literally did not want to see her hurt because you got to understand for those seven years, I wanted to do my hardest to let her know how bad she hurt me. And part of that was me lashing out to her to try to get her emotion to to show the pain that she was causing me.
0: Mm. So um, I know you shared this too, but so what looking back, like what has God done in this with your relationship with your wife or, or with you as a just as a person?
1: Right, you know, through this whole process, you know, the realization when I was going through those seven years of this swallowing this poison pill, assuming it's hurting her and is obviously devastating to me, you know, I, I, I felt I felt kind of distant from God and and, and pulled away. And um but once with God's help, because I've proven on my own, I, I wasn't able to forgive her. When I really seriously used God's help to go through, uh, we, we kind of reconciled. But there was another thing I had to learn. I thought reconciliation meant that I'd like to save my marriage. But the realization of reconciliation can be at different levels. You could reconcile to just be cordial you could reconcile with that person to maybe be friends again. Or in some cases in a marriage, you could reconcile to to save your marriage. But for us, it was, um, you know, allowing a a, a friendship. And this friendship is so amazing that, um, you know, in the decision of going through it, you have a choice. You can become bitter or better. And that was something they were teaching us. So I decided I'm going to grow through this and be better. I think because of my attitude and the fact that I'm growing through this allowed me to recognize an opportunity that I had meeting my new wife, Kim. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a blessing she has been for me. But I would have never seen that if I would have been stuck in that old rut of unforgiveness.
0: Yeah. So it's been many years.
1: It's been many years, yes.
0: Um, and obviously now you're married to Kim. Right. But uh, So has is, is there been uh, any, any change with, with your ex-wife in relationship with
1: her? So with that, uh, with the Build Friendship, uh, we had a challenge because I'd always kind of wondered how it was going to work out. My oldest son recently got married. So going to the wedding, you know, I hadn't seen her in a long time, and I knew it was going to be uncomfortable. So, uh, and of course, with Kim, she's concerned of she's going to be a fifth wheel and going, but it totally was opposite. Kim and the wedding was just so open to my ex-wife. And so loving towards her, actually pulling her out on the dance floor, saying that she was kind of sitting back and getting her involved and together. And uh, my ex-wife said, I have never experienced that type of love before. And um, it's been so amazing that she literally came and uh, spent a week at our house this summer. and, And Kim... With uh, Kim's love, she is so gracious, and she was our guest, and it was amazing. It yeah. was amazing.
0: That's amazing what God has done uh, in your life through that. So what, what has God been teaching you not
1: uh, mm-hmm. just about forgiveness for this? You know, with that, um, I was trying to think of a way to share how I learned that, and if I can, I just want to kind of explain something. Everybody stand up here. So if you can imagine God and all of his blessing he has, and he showers on you, Picture God just directly over your head, and God has this fountain that just rains down these blessings, and this fountain it is unbridled. I mean, it's just flowing. So when you choose to sin, like forgiveness, which is a sin, what I believe is you're supposed to be here, and you start pulling yourself away. So these blessings are still coming, and I think these blessings are so powerful that you can be here and you still get splashed on. You can still get some of God's blessings. But the, the goal and our plan for our lives should position ourselves under where these blessings are coming. So kind of remember this. You want to be under the spout where the blessings come out, right? So be right there receiving all of God's blessings instead of being off to the side where you're getting splashed with some of them. So that's kind of my little charge for all of you to be under that spout where the blessings come out. Thank you.
0: That worked out pretty perfectly. (laughs) Could have been horrible. I'm just going to ask Brayden to come up as we close, um, because I just love that testimony because of what God does in our lives when we forgive. Like it's not for the other person. They don't need our forgiveness. They need their own thing with God. It is for us to clear up that relationship with our heart in God. Um, but even as we talk about forgiveness right now, uh, I just want to end with this uh, verse. This is from James. This is not about forgiveness at all. But we, we know this to be true. The word of God has no power in our life unless we put it into practice. Right? So we just, we talk about forgiving or we talk about living in the kingdom or whatever it is that the sermon is about and and we have to we have to always be applying it practically to our life so that it can it can affect our monday so that sunday afternoon when we have that conversation with someone it means something and so here's james 125 it just says this but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it not forgetting what they have heard but doing it they will be blessed in what they do so we just talked about forgiveness and, and I just have two questions to help us apply um, what we talked about here. So, so who do you have that you need to forgive? Like who, who do you need to forgive in your life? Like I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit, even as we talk about this topic, is working right now to bring that person to your, your mind. And then, and then what, sometimes it's not just enough to identify the name. We need to know like what has been keeping me from forgiving that person so that we can pray against the pride or the, the, the anger or the hurt and the pain and we can have God remove that too while we're dealing with this forgiveness. So who is it that you need to forgive or ask for forgiveness? Maybe you, you know that there's a, there's a relationship that's just broken right now and you have a part in it. Like, who is it that you need to ask for forgiveness? And then, what has kept you from forgiving? And then I just, before we pray, because we're, we're just going to have a time of prayer, like, If we could just dream right now about what it would look like for your family or for you or this church, whatever context you want to think about, but but maybe bringing it home is the best for you and your family. Like what would it look like if if you practiced this type of forgiveness? If this was was the hallmark of your marriage, if your kids knew that when when you got angry or frustrated with them, that mom or dad was going to come and apologize, that was wrong. I need to make this relationship with right, right with you even though you're six and you drive me nuts. Like what if, what if our parenting was marked by forgiveness? What if our kids saw that? And what, what if we came here and we were known as a people that just forgave? Like we give up, some of that comes with like we give up the right to be offended. Because that's just like, if I give up the right to be offended, I don't have to forgive you. It's just like there's nothing there. You know, like it, nothing you say or do sticks. It's just I love you and I'm going to forgive you no matter what for everything Every single time. Like what would that look like? And so as we go into this prayer time right now, I'm just going to ask everyone to close their eyes, bow your heads, and just pray. The altars are open. You're free to come to the altar anytime to lay down whatever it is that that hurt and pain and pride and just just lay it at the altar. And the altar is just a physical place. You can do it on your own right where you are. But I just want to invite anybody who, is, who, is, who can think of a name or who wants to, to have God remove something, just if you want for me to pray for you right now, just, just raise your hand really quickly. Put it down. Everyone's got their eyes closed. Thank you. Amen. Amen. God is moving in this place. I just, the Holy Spirit has something he's going to do with this people. We just got to be willing.
2: God, there is so much (laughs) that we need you for. We look at who you are and we are just blown away that you love us so much that you would come and make a way for us to know you. So we want to turn because of who we are in you and because of how you love us. We want to turn to the people around us and we want to love them like that. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. And I just pray that you would would work regardless of what, what is said or done this week that we would keep you as King and Lord of our life. And that every time we fail you, we just recognize that you don't even see that garbage. You just see the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just pray for the the many people who raised their hand in this room. They know there's something wrong with a relationship or a person and God, we just recognize that you are the only one who's going to bring the freedom that comes from forgiveness. You're the only one who has the grace, (coughs) excuse me, who has the grace who can stand us back up and enable us to walk into a world that is hurting and broken with your love. Jesus, we ask all these things in your name and for your glory and power in this world. I just pray that you would continue to make us into the church and the people, the families that you want us to be, God. And I thank you for your continual forgiveness of our sin. Amen.